taking this spot this morning is a little bit unreal. For just a little while, I'm going to pretend all of you are teenagers that I talk to every week. Some of you, I realize, as far as mentality, that's not quite a stretch. (laughs) I have a passion when it comes to kids and students, in case you haven't noticed. If you've met me for five minutes, it's hard for me not to talk about the kids that I work with at my work, or it's hard for me not to talk about the students that I work with here at The Way. It's hard for me not to talk to students that I still talk to that I've worked with at other places. You see, I feel that we have a huge responsibility to our kids and students. That old saying that it takes a village, we got to bring it back. Because I know with my two, it takes a village. I need my people. I want to talk to you this morning about train. And I'm not talking about the choo-choo train. I'm talking about to train. To train means to teach a particular skill or type of behavior through practice and instruction over a period of time. To train means to instruct. To train means to teach. To train means to coach. It means to tutor. Train also means to point aim at something and to focus on something. And that's what I'm challenging us to do this morning. Start children off in the way they should go. And when they are old, they will not turn from it. Proverbs 21.6. The New King James Version says train children in the way they should go. The New Living Translation says direct your children in the right path. In doing this, we need to realize we are made for more. We are made to give into the next generation. And if we don't, we won't exist as a church. The point is that we are not let to leave our children, to leave our students, just out to figure it out. We need to start. We need to direct. We need to train them in the way they should go. And in doing this, we need to train them by leading by example. Walk it. Don't just talk it. Let them see us react. Good and bad. Let them see us serve. Let them see us admit when we screw up. Let them see us admit when we don't know the answers. Let them see that we are honest. And let them see that we will admit when we are completely wrong. Let us become real to them. You see, so often, adults lead by the example of do as I say, not as I do. Heard that one? I hear it all the time. Little Johnny, do as I say. Don't follow what mom does. Don't follow what dad does. Kids and youth, they see you. They are watching each of you. 
If you think they don't know who you are, go up to them and say hi sometime. The children and kids in this church know you. How's that leading, as I say, not as I do working for you? It's not working so well in this society. Kids and youth most often see straight through you. Fake is fake. Leave it behind and become the person that is so real to them that they look up to and follow the real example that you give. I often hear about other churches. Every church you go to, you hear about different churches. You know, if you visit a church or whatever, you hear something about another church. And you know, so often I hear people say, if we could only be like them, if we could only do what they do, if we only had the money to do what they do, how about if we turned the table and we became the church known for being real, known for practicing what we preach, known for the love that I know that is in this room? You see, here in this building, you would think that I'm preaching to the choir, right? But am I really? How many of us come here on Sunday and we decide, well, I got my Jesus on, I'm ready to go. And what happens when we leave this room? And what happens when we walk out? How many of us actually practice what we preach? Do we really walk it? Or do we just really talk a good talk? Train up a child in the way they should go. Sure. But before you do that, make sure you went that way yourself. And then show them how to get there. We also need to teach them how God teaches us. You want to know the coolest thing I think about God? Is that God didn't come to me and say, Tammy, you fix yourself and then come to me. Blessed be to God because I still have a lot to fix. He didn't say that to us. Matthew eleven twenty eight says, Come to me, all you, oops, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Sometime, I want you to take a look around this campus as you're going to your small groups. The small group that meets down here, I know you hear us. There's a lot of kids, and there's a lot of students on this campus. You know, I love the noise. I love it, and I call it mass organized chaos. And I love being right in the middle of it. How many of these kids that we see on this campus do you think are perfect? How about the rest of us? You know, once we become adults, we're perfect, right? At least that's the facade we want to give. No. Again, I got a lot to still fix. God didn't say, fix yourself. He said, come to me. All you. That means those that are not perfect, which none of us are. Take him upon you. And learn from him. God didn't tell us to fix ourselves. 
He said, follow me and I will. Romans 5, 8. But God demonstrated his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. (laughs) While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Seems, even at our lowest points, God has made a way for us to come to him through Jesus. You see, we are to love because of who loves us. Show that to these kids and students. Even in Matthew chapter 4, Jesus even said to a group of fishermen that knew absolutely nothing. They didn't know how to be disciples. He just went up to them and said, drop those nets, follow me. I often picture that scene from the Bible with our students. And God saying, don't worry about the mess you're making, just pick it up, just come on. Just come with me. Let me show you how to be fishers of men. You know, Jesus didn't pick people who knew how to do it. And he doesn't now. Or I wouldn't be standing in front of you. He said, come to me. Come, and he will show us the way. He will teach us what we need to know. You see, the Bible is full of people who either made hot messes of stuff... Or they were absolutely clueless about what they were supposed to do. But God taught them how to be extraordinary. You see, Abraham was old. Joseph was abused. Job went bankrupt. Gideon, he was afraid. Jonah ran away. Remember that whale? Martha, she worried about everything. Jeremiah, he was so young. David was a murderer. And that Peter guy, he denied Jesus three times. God uses the broken. He uses broken things, broken souls to produce a harvest, broken clouds to bring rain, broken grain to produce bread. He takes that broken bread, he gives us strength. And broken people to do great things. Do as God does. Love them. Show them love. Show them how it's to be done. Follow that example that we were given. We need to instruct them by not only sharing our faith, but sharing yourselves. And I'm talking to you, each of you in this room. You have so much to give because you're not done. I just love it when I'm told. But Tammy, my kids are grown. I did my time. I'm done with that. I don't have enough experience to work with kids and students. Or I'm too old. You know, I've heard them all and more. And I call crud on all that. You know why? Because this next generation is worth it. This next generation needs us, and they need each of you. I don't know about you, but I'm not getting any younger. And I need our next generation to know how things are done, to know who we stand for and who he is to each of us. And if we don't give it to them, We're going to lose it. 
Grandparents, you love those grandbabies, right? You get to spoil them. I have been told that grandbabies sometimes are better than your own children. <laughs> my mom, my parents say that. That's what we've been told. You know, grandparents, they say that they're better, you know. I think because you can give them back. You know, down in Georgia Dawson, I see some yeses in here. You know, down in Georgia Dawson, we have a lot of babies and kids and students. You can spoil them rotten, sugar them up, and send them home. That's what I do every week. Seasoned parents, I know you did your time. You started out in the nursery. You went to the kids' department. You moved up to students. You may have done some college and career. And now, when that child of yours graduated, you went, done. Mm -mm. Do you know how much you have to teach? Not only to the kids and students, but to those young parents of those kids and students. You've been there, done that. You have so much to give. New parents. Want to get some great experience? Come hang out in the kids' department when your child's a newborn. Better yet, come hang out with the students and their sassy selves. Talk about some great parenting experience that we have in these buildings. College and singles, we need you too. You know why? You just got out of all that crazy. Fresh on your mind, fresh in your heart, you have so much to give. My point is, guys, everyone can give of themselves to invest in this next generation. Here at The Way and beyond. When I said earlier, and I think I may have skipped this, but I'm going to say it now. Our kids are so bombarded in this world of the world. You know, I have a saying that I heard from a pastor years ago. We are to be in this world, but not of this world. Our children are becoming of this world if we don't step in. Have you watched TV lately? Hard to find something good, isn't it? We call that trash TV in my house. And my children have heard this, and so have my students. It's trash in, trash out. What are you putting in? Our children and our kids within the school systems and within homes and within TV and with on social medias, they are bombarded with the world. Do we want to be there for them? Do we want to help them, guide them? You see, because all this stuff is showing them so much fake. It's showing them fake about who they are as a person. It shows them fake of who they are in their identity of God. It shows them fake relationships, and they are too young to know that that's not real. We have children and students that are being so misguided that if we don't give ourselves, this church won't exist and others won't either. We have got to be a group of people that stand up and fight for our next generation. Because if we don't, they're gone. Because this world is standing outside those doors waiting on them. To kids and teens, sometimes, most times, pretty much all the time, they are so young in their faith. We see them come up here. We give them Bibles. We do confirmation and we confirm them. But let us not become the church that says, there you go, now it's your turn. 
Let us continue to guide them. Let us continue to show them who God is so he doesn't feel like he's so far away. We need to direct their paths by communicating and hearing them. Have you ever found yourself talking and all of a sudden you look up and everybody in the room has a blank stare? Maybe like some of you right now. I'm used to that. I talk to teens all the time. I'm used to the blank stares. I'm used to the, yeah, I lost you like five minutes ago. They just zone out. Yeah, welcome to my world. James 1, 19 through 20. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Kids are going to mess up. Students are going to mess up. I mess up monumental proportions, sometimes weekly. Mm -hmm. We mess up. Let our first response be to listen. How many ears do you have? Two. You have two ears. Everybody agree with that? You have two? Maybe not as good as they used to be, but they're good, right? They're good. You got two ears. How many mouths do you have? I think God did this to remind us that we should listen twice as much as we speak. Hmm. Let our first response be to listen. When our kids mess up, Sometimes it's big. What's our reaction? Is the church a place for the wounded? Is the church a place for those who have made bad decisions? Is the church a place to find healing? Is the church a place where God shows up, shows out, and continues to provide grace for each one of us? God doesn't abandon us. When we mess up, don't abandon them. There's a lot of hurt over in that building with our kids and our students and what they are facing outside these walls. Let us be the church. Be the place that's real. Be the place that they run to when they get in trouble. Let you be the adults that they know are going to walk beside them. Let them see you for who we are in God. Because none of us are perfect. And if it wasn't for God's grace, I don't know where any of us would be. Those redemption stories that you have, some of them you've shared with me. The hard times you've been through or going through in your life, we're all on the other side of that, y'all. We've been through it. Some of you have some of the most amazing redemption stories that I've ever heard. Share it with this next generation. Let them know that in their minds, when they feel like their world is going to completely collapse around them, because that's what's going on in their heads when bad things happen, when they screw up, when they get in trouble. The whole world's coming in. They can't see beyond that. Let them know you've been there. Let them know you'll walk beside them. Let this be a place that they run to when they need help.
Let's walk alongside of them. One of the best pieces of advice that I have ever been given was when mistakes are made, it's not about shame. We got to show this to our kids, y'all. Because they screw up epic proportions. They make mistakes. They do things. They try to hide it. It gets found out. They don't know what to do. They go into a point of withdrawal and shame. Let us show them that that's not our response. I tell my own kids, mess up, but you better own it. I have never been more proud when my kids mess up. And they look somebody that's not me in the face and go, yeah, I did that. I did it. Be proud of these kids that own it. Because we live in a society that wants to blame everybody else. We live in a society that it's not me, not my fault, not my little friend, not my little, my little child. They never would. Don't ever say my child will never. Because you never know what might come home. And you seasoned parents know that. If we really believe nothing can remove the love of God from us, as it states in Romans 8, nor anything in all creation will be able to separate from the love of God through Jesus Christ. If we truly believe that, and we example that, then nothing can remove the love we have for them. And nothing can remove the love we have for each other, because even as adults we mess up. Even as adults, we hurt each other. Even as adults, one second out of God's will, there's no telling what we're capable of doing. We all make mistakes. I've seen so many kids, good kids, screw up. I have sat with parents over the years so many times where they're like, I just don't know where I went wrong. And they've ripped apart the whole situation. Feeling somehow like they failed. I have sat with teens who are just broken. Completely broken. And I have experienced it myself with my own children. And as parents, you have too. And I have to tell you something, it's hard. Like, for real hard. Because God gives me grace, I give grace. Because God forgives me, I forgive. Because God will not leave me, and nothing, nothing can take away his love from me, I will not leave or abandon them. If we don't train up our children, the world will. I've worked in ministry for 24 years. It's really crazy to think about that for some time. It's really crazy to think about that all the students that I have talked to, all the parents that I have worked with, it really is just crazy to think about it. You see, I'm in what we call ministry, a lifer, in the student department and kids department. And what that means is, is I'm completely 100% sold out of reaching kids and students. I know that's not everybody's passion, and I have had the most amazing opportunities to work with young people as they find their faith journey. A lot of times, student ministry is a stepping stone. If you've been around church a little bit, you know that's true. It's someone who gets out of seminary, and they're like, oh, these jobs are always available. Let me just get in. But that's not me. I'm a lifer. This is what I want to do, and this is what I feel called to do. I love all the ministry 
ministry points in the church. And I truly hope to have more opportunities to work with others as they find theirs. But you see, youth ministry, it's pretty awesome. It's crazy, over the top, sometimes extremely frantic, and completely exhausting gig. But I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. It's funny. Students forget sometimes that I'm a mom of two boys. One's a 20-year-old. He's an adult. Sometimes they forget that I was a teenager. I pulled crud, too. And I got in trouble. And I got caught. And I had consequences. And they forget that. They even forget that all of you were once teenagers, too. I love pointing out that adults get them more than they think. Because if you've ever talked to a teenager for five minutes, they think they know it all. Our kids do a lot, too, if you talk to them. But when we remind them, you know what? I was once 16. I was once 20. Mm -hmm. We won't go any farther. But here's the thing. Make it real for them. I love reminding them. You do realize your parents were teenagers once, right? kind of a reality for them and regardless of their faith journey I'm passionate about meeting them where they are even if they don't have a faith journey yet let's meet them where they are and show them who Jesus is remember we are going to see amazing things out of our next gen if we will take a moment a few moments and invest You are never too old. You are never done. You are never without enough experience to work and invest in our next generation. My life verse and what I live by is Galatians 6, 9. Do not grow weary of doing good. For in due time, you will reap a harvest if you do not give up. My harvest... I pray someday that God looks me straight in the face. And he says, you know what? Well done. Because you never gave up on those that thought everyone else did. Let us be those people. Let us be known in this community for loving those who think no one else does. Walk beside our next gen. Show them who you are. Show them support Love and give the grace that this world doesn't have. Only then will we be training, directing, instructing, and leading them in a way that they should go. And when they're old, they won't depart from it because you showed them how to do it by being real. They will learn that they are made for so much more than what they can see right now. Would you pray with me? Father God, I am just in awe that I am standing in front of these people today. I am in awe of the passion and love that you pour into each of us. I pray, Lord, that today they see you. I pray, Lord, that as we leave this place, We look around our campus. Our kids and students will be here. They show up. 
who will we be to them? Who will we be? Will we open up and be real? Will we open up and let them see us at our best, but show them how we handle it when we're at our worst? I pray, God, that we would become a people of our next gen, that we would pour into them so they know how it's done when we're gone. And it's in your name I pray. Amen.